I don't have a theme song today. That might be the end of the road. Hearts are broken. Hearts are broken. Podcast over. Podcast over. This is episode 12. Welcome to the Scientists and Officers podcast. Hello. We're on a balmy Wednesday afternoon. It is hot, man. It's, uh, I mean, it's hot in Bay Area, in the Bay Area window. What is it? like? It's uh, 90 in the Sacramento area. Oh, it's like 70, 76. That's yeah. hot. That's, uh, it's too much, man. I'm, uh been spoiled. I got a narrow band of comfort. So today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about speaking, uh, design systems outreach, and really, in, in a super meta point of view, uh, pun intended, or no pun intended, how to, how to really uh, engage with the design system community or the design community and how to, how to take the first steps of that. Um, I recently, uh, three weeks ago, just spoke at my first design conference, uh, UXDX in, in New York. It was my first in-person conference and I was a part of a panel there and I'll say widely different than doing a virtual conference, which I did for, for Zeppelin earlier this year. But uh, prior to that, I haven't done any of, any of this stuff. And I, prior to the podcast, no writing, really just uh, like shit posting on Twitter, uh, doing a lot of that. <laughs> engaging with the community and the theme of this was for for a very long time as a senior level designer i had whether i knew it or not imposter syndrome and i didn't think the way that we had done things at disney or at goodreads may have been interesting to anybody else outside of our our group and you know we we do we do come to find this from the hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this podcast that yeah Let's say that, Davey, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> hundreds of thousands. You know, the number number two design systems podcast on Spotify. <laughs> Go on. Go on, Davey. <laughs> People do want to hear varying points of view. And as, as an individual contributor uh, back then, uh, I didn't uh, realize that I had a voice. I didn't uh, realize that uh, my, my point of view was interesting. And uh, unfortunately, uh, for, for a long time, I didn't have managers that advocated for me to to do such a thing so wanted to talk about this the idea of design community engagement with dpj and you know how you've been able to support that at pinterest well (laughs) funny enough haven't really um we at least we've been so focused on um on getting this design system online fully operational, as some folks like to say, that we haven't really spent a lot of time uh, putting our name out there. So I think that might be something for us in the future to do. We did recently set up, you know, a Pinterest account for Gestalt, considering, you know, we work for Pinterest. Uh, It seemed like a logical idea. Um, But even that is, you know, I think it's very philosophically aligned because it's less about us and more about just sharing what what's on our mind from a from a like a what's influencing us what's um what we're thinking about how we're visually thinking about problems but i think you probably have a lot more to talk about on this on this subject than i do to be honest yeah but you had you had aisha uh, who was on episode let's see i think episode two uh, uh, that seemed like a long time ago she was at clarity and she spoke there and i think that's one of the uh 
ticking points that uh, someone I know uh, was someone that was uh, had a very good point of view and, and, and a very good story to tell and was able to um, write up, you know, an abstract and go out and do the thing. So like I'm finding more of that in, in the design system um, Twitter community that uh, the community is so small uh, that uh, th- those opportunities are, are there if um, you elect to take them. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Aisha is is incredible, and um, everyone on our team pretty special. And I'm hoping that they they do speak more um, as as Gestalt continues to to have a broader, more expansive footprint. Um, because there were, there have been a lot of things that we've learned. I think the one thing I'm going to stop talking really quickly, cause I think you have a lot more to talk about. The, the one thing that does like mildly annoy me, and it may just be that I've had a small sample size of, of the, of the talks that I've heard, but a lot of the talks oftentimes in a rosy picture of like, Hey, we're doing all this great stuff and it's awesome. And like, there's not a problem in sight where this is amazing. And but like you talk to folks outside of the conference setting in the conference format, just in a one-on-one and they're like, man, shit is fucked. <laughs> like, it's just, it's hard. This is a hard, this is a hard world. Uh, and I would love for us to just say it and, and, and talk about all the things that didn't work and, and the things that are hard and the things that may not always put us uh, in the best light. I mean, we had that that episode about mistakes. Honestly, we could have, every episode of our podcast could be about mistakes because they're prevalent. We have the opportunity to screw things up on a massive scale, right? So, like, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with design systems. And I just, um, given the challenges with funding, given the challenges with just getting things right and propagating through a product. I would encourage us all to talk through those things and not be uh, afraid or ashamed to share those things out. Yeah, a few a few years ago, I think how this had started out was let's say like I think in 2019 or so, I had written a, a annual goal to write. Um, it, it was simply write a medium post or write um, you know a blog post, medium or put it on LinkedIn or Substack wherever um, would would be good. And the idea was like, um, at that time I, I wanted to really write about, you're going to laugh at this again, version control and the, the need for version control and managing, managing artifacts in, in a design system lens for, for Disney. I wrote it out, gotten, I, I think I, I, I even sent it to you, PJ. And then yep. at, at the time, uh, for whatever reason, I, I didn't get in contact with the, you know, our comms department and just sat on it and then. Months down the line, uh, I just, just uh, decided not to do it uh, for whatever reason, and I, and I thought uh, at that point it was a, it was a good story to tell because it was about how uh, we started uh, building the the Disney uh, component library, how we were able to manage uh, artifacts across uh, different platforms, how we were able to keep it uh, from like a file hygiene point of view extremely clean, and then now I think about that article and I think oh. Actually, if this was repurposed for for Figma in 2022 and utilize branching and utilize like contribution model, we could really rally around that and it would be useful. So um, I, I think it was a little bit of imposter syndrome then. Um, like who who would want to hear me gripe about abstract? 
like our designers didn't even want to use it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's a version control with design is, uh, has been an, a, an uphill battle um, for decades now, uh, to be honest with you. Fast forward, um, let's say 2021. So 2021, uh, I'd gotten uh, approached by Zeppelin to do virtual conference this usage, uh, you know, I guess more or less enterprise usage, uh, professional usage of Zeppelin and really get to talk about uh, how we utilize their style guides and how we utilized um, design tokens. And I thought that was a great mechanism for me to, to get started, speak about our experience in a very tactical fashion. So that that speaks towards like a, really trying to understand what we wanted the you know, viewer to get out of it, whether it was just a, a picture of, a, you know, a beautiful painting of how the design process was at Disney plus, or we could talk about, uh, some design problems, some, you know, cross-functional problems. And then, uh, this tool that helped us uh, get to a better place. And we don't like to use the word bridge the gap because ideally there should be no gap, uh, but it did help us communicate more effectively. And at the end of the day, um, if a tool, whatever the tool is, helps you, you know, get that much closer um, to communicate it effectively, seems like a good deal to us. So I uh, did that. But then I thought, how did I how did I get to that spot? How did I get to someone inviting me? Uh, was it just uh, me working for Disney? Because for many years, I felt like I, I worked at, you know, large-ish names. But I, I think it was probably... Uh, really trying to put myself out there, being on um, Design System Slack, uh, Gina uh, Bolton's Design System Slack, her Design System community on Twitter, and really engaging with other Design System uh, maintainers, uh, ICs, managers, etc. And really trying to soak up knowledge, but then really also uh, shitposting and liking um, and engaging with other people. I think that really did help. And... uh, the, the cross-section of that and then doing some similar things on LinkedIn, which I think is more common across other industries, like posting that sort of stuff. I think that really helped bring um, Zeppelin uh, to see that uh, I may have an interesting story to tell. What makes you gravitate towards wanting to do this? Speaking at conferences or speaking like uh, at similar, I think very similar to this. So this, I think, is very very fun and very engaging because it's us uh, as friends talking to each other about, you know, different design problems. Like we could, we could talk about coffee. We could be talking about television shows, but I think any, any time you could get uh, two friends talking about like something, the, a common love language, so to speak. Right. (laughs) Yes. That the tough thing to me has always been, cause I, I understand what you're saying about why would I, why would I share this? You know, what do I have to say? And part of me thinks that can be a limiting thing because, because you're, you're potentially squelching your, your, your valuable insight or whatever you want to call it before it's able to go out. But on the other side, I like that because you're actually concerned (laughs) if people, if it's worth saying, right, there's a lot of people just like all the time and it adds a lot of noise. I think that's been the big filter for me is, you know, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to puff your own chest and to uh, talk about how awesome you are? Or are you doing this to try to help other people 
and to share things for the benefit of other folks. And that can be a thin line sometimes, but I, I definitely think it shows. <laughs> I've definitely have been in some talks where I'm like, oh, this is about you, isn't it? Versus, oh, okay, you really are trying to give something to people. I think the, anal- the analogy that I would like to use is a lot of these processes may not make it to certain people because it's not publicized. So like whether it's like a, a governance processes uh, that work for uh, startups versus enterprise companies, uh, a lot of the conferences and the talks I think are slanted towards like, you know, a utopian way is like, oh, we got started. Boom, we got buy in. Boom, we got engineering adoption. Everything's perfect. Everything is perfect. And we've solved it all. <laughs> yeah, we did that within two halves. Uh, you know, I got promoted, you know, because of this like perfect best case scenario. So like, why not like uh, present this? But that, that's not how uh, this this works. And like uh, we, were, we were talking a little bit about this uh, before we started, like uh, a much more reasonable approach is like you. Uh, get the system, you know, or you get a process started, uh, you struggle with adoption. Uh, eventually you win them over, over, you know, the course of a year, maybe then you lose resources, right? Then you take another step back. Then you got to shift to focusing on a different product and then put the system aside. Then you come back and then sort of repeat that for two to three cycles uh, within a five year period. Yeah. So, so either, either, uh, we're really, really bad at our jobs or people are being exactly honest about how how uh, difficult this process is, especially given that in the in the large scale of of software development, this is still a relatively new field, and we're all kind of it's kind of like a ready set face plant. Uh, it's it's difficult to get out of the gates without some bumps and bruises and, and scrapes. Yeah, the best analogy is looking at like open source and looking at just giving back to whomever may be your customers. So uh, if you build something like, a, let's just say a, a plugin or let's say a service, a plugin's more tangible probably for this group, but if you build a, a Figma plugin and you open source it, you're able to not only get uh, real life maintainers of, of this uh, system and the plugin to contribute uh bring uh, to light different use cases, which you may not see as well. And then also get, uh, get other people rallying around this and then building, building the momentum to adopt this thing. And there's, there's a lot of um, that luckily in the design system community as well. So if you're looking at that same analogy, but using it for design ops, for example, another newish industry, you could really drive impact and, just to wrap back onto asking about, uh, yes, about why I wanted to do this. And I think when uh, the person that really pushed me was my former manager, uh, Bailey, uh, who was the head of design ops at Disney, uh, Disney Streaming. And during the time for about a year that we were under her uh, in design ops, we really got to push uh, the system forward and really move, you know, move the needle uh, hate the term, but all, we, we the, did, all the metaphors, all the metaphors, you know, you got the uh, low hanging fruit. Yeah. We didn't get the low hanging fruit, but we did move the needle. Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> I, I'm running out of, I'm trying so hard to think of another thing and I'm, I'm drawing a blank. So I'll kill two quiet. birds with one stone. We did that. You can't say that one. anymore, man. That's uh pull two weeds with one. Yeah. But what did birds being, ever do to you, <laughs> but being under, <laughs> being under design ops, um, you, you, I think you, you start to see a larger design system, so purview, and you get to see how one individual contributor's impact on the design system team 
could not only exponentially punctuate uh, the work of uh, product designers, but it could also really uh, cut cut down on you know tech debt, design debt, that that sort of thing. And especially being like, I had thought that my team was large <laughs> previously. <laughs> Your team is larger than my my previous team, um, and then my team now is um, similarly sized, but the customers are uh, ex- like uh, extremely exponential. So don't say, don't say that, Davy. Our your team is much larger, so much larger. We need uh, we need we need more people, and I just I'm just going to point at your team and see like say uh, do do you know people. <laughs> the, the, it's the it's the continual nonstop lament of we need more headcount. I think a good piece about um, speaking on behalf of your, your team is that it does help uh, not only put you out there, but it helps put the whole the entire team out there. And one thing that I've seen here at Meta is like th- there's a big focus on writing, which you love. <laughs> You've said this I, before. Yeah, I write. I I write updates and I count numbers. I'm basically an accountant with a with a word processor. <laughs> you're 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 a bean counter and an amateur journalist. At this. Yeah, yeah. I'm an amateur bean counter and amateur journalist. Uh, a big portion of uh, I think um, showcasing outcomes is writing about it. Here, uh, so writing about the motivations, the jobs to be done, uh, writing about uh, how things have gone, how things have gone um, not to your liking, but sharing those stories um, across the design community here. So that's a big thing here, and that's uh, promoted across all levels of designers, whether you're a, a contractor uh, intern to a director or you know a manager. Uh, so, in fact, that we saw uh, one of our interns write write a document about a component that uh, they're working on and getting getting feedback and getting partners to engage there. So I think that's a very positive thing. And I think the the next level of that is like as you go to, you know, right now they're virtual virtual meetups or if you go to any sort of like uh, design engagement that's that's virtually um, speaking on on behalf of your team could also help um, headcount and recruiting efforts as well. I actually think having everyone else speak is going to do a lot. It's going to represent the team a lot better than me. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's, I, you know, I think there's two ways of looking at this. I, um, the thing I'm really hoping to do, not that I'm their manager. So what the hell does it matter what I say? But, um, the thing I'm really going to encourage the team members to do is, Hey, you talk, I don't need to talk about it. I'll write the updates. Um, I'll do the OKR statuses, stuff like that. You go out and talk, talk about how great the team is, talk about what you're doing for a couple of reasons. A, um, I think having, you know, a chorus of people speaking as opposed to like a one person show goes a long way. This whole effort has been one big ass team effort. Um, there's not a single person that's that's responsible for this. It's all of us. And so I think the, the way that it's communicated outwardly should reflect that people want to hear from different folks. It's, you know, I think, and each person has their own strength, their own perspective, their own philosophy. And I think, you know, all those things make the system what it is. So 
having that represented from a communication standpoint is pretty important from my, just from my perspective. Yeah. Other organizations that I've worked in in the past, uh, it's the, the opposite of that. And that's what you don't want. So you don't want to be in a place where individual contributors aren't uh, promoted to uh, or encouraged to to speak, uh, whether it's podcasting or interviews or, you know, blog posts like uh, we should we should as, you know, leads and managers or product owners push our teams to, to do such a thing and share and share what you at least obviously share what you can. But go out there and, you know, share point of view because your point of view is, is valued. Uh, yeah. In other organizations we've seen really just the, the leads or the managers speak on behalf of everybody. And that, that is a little bit more of like an unconscious bias situation going on. Um, assuming that the manager may be the only one that has the voice, but we all, have voices. I think that's sort of one of the one of the big takeaways that uh, brought me through the journey of you know being on here talking about systems and then uh, trying to trying to put myself out there um, in the design systems community. You're a, you're a genuine thought leader. I have no comment on <laughs> on, on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go off on a little. Who who is a thought follower? I still want to understand that we if there's are. thought leaders, if there's thought leaders, then that means that there's thought followers. It's, uh, I mean, it's the reason that medium exists, right? And they're able to charge you after you read X amount of articles. Cause there, there's thought followers out there. Oh, got it. Yeah. So it's the thought followers that subscribe to, to medium, to medium Substack. Um, uh, fair enough. Other today, today I learned I'm not a thought follower. No, I, or a thought leader. Yeah, I read my, <laughs> Three, I'm thought neutral. I read my three articles a month, and then I I, I add it to a list that that I don't come back to. That's that's how uh, blog posts work. The uh, I think the future, like what I would like to do, is I would love to be able to speak at a conference again. Like if if I'm invited, that would that would be good. Writing is always a tricky one for me, so I, I think I would opt to you know, badger you, uh, to talk about a topic on here and then really just, uh, speak on it. I, I think that's much more easy and comfortable for me. That's interesting. What is it about writing that, that is, is it just the, the, the lift to get something decent? I'm, I'm not sure. So the, the, I think one of the, the major sticking points of why I wanted uh, to talk about this today was I did write a, a 2000 word article about my conference experience. And then I put that up on our work social network, shared that out and the engaged engagement is different on articles than on clips or on, on, on podcasts or interviews and, and such. So while I thought it was a great exercise for me to, to write that, I may end up posting that also like on LinkedIn just to see engagement and, and such, but I, I don't, I don't get as much out of that. Uh, versus uh, this talking about it because uh, it, it is a one way, it's very much a one way door sort of thing. I, I put my thoughts out. It's not like you're uh, debating me while like in the in the quotations or in the pull quotes. There's no one interacting with me when I'm writing. Sure, but it, like, isn't that the same for talks? 
unless you have a heckler in the in the crowd, right? Um, no, that that is also yeah. So um, that that's a good call out. So the the talks thing is a very interesting thing because um, so my idea of a good good presentation. Um, so so virtually um, it would be uh, being able to talk for some of my like let's say it's a thirty five minute thirty minute presentation, give a twenty minute talk, and then open it up to the people um, in the chat. Um, or, or, you know, if it's in person, open it up for people to ask questions. And, um, I, I found that my experience on the panel was there, there was, uh, four of us, uh, one moderator, um, it was various, uh, types of point of view, which is, which is also, also good. There was a, a design system architect, uh, that was engineering based. There's a design manager, uh, there's myself, and then there was, uh, a VP of, platform design, design system. And he was the moderator. And while I think we, we were able to get uh, some good stories out uh, and some always looking for the pithy quote. So that was my takeaway from this is like, you need the pithy quote. So someone could tweet you or someone could clip this and put it somewhere. I'm sorry. I'm, I have my hands in my face laughing. Um, welcome to uh discourse 2022. Yeah. Welcome to content creation for, for, 2022. Um, but we weren't able to answer questions like, cause we ran out of time. Like, got so it. I think being able to answer questions and then give uh, extra context, I was able to do that on Twitter and on LinkedIn by people messaging me. Um, but that, that's, that, that was one of my takeaways, um, too. And the, the pithy, the pithy thing is like, uh, if you were, let's say if you were listening to Aisha speak, for instance, I remember she talked about the bridging the gap thing. That was her pithy quote. And I remembered it. Uh, that was one of probably the only things that I remembered from last year's clarity. So, um, there's that. And then there's a bit about, um, Lauren Lepret from Dropbox talked about, uh, burnout, uh, design system burnout. Uh, those are the two sessions that I remember and they were pithy. They had, uh, uh, good memes, but you're looking for something to capture, the, the audience member and to capture, uh, them for, so they could, they could come back and say, Oh, that, that presentation that, that I, I did get something out of uh, Davey's panel or Davey's presentation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'll stop laughing. Uh, I'm not laughing at you. It's just, uh, I just feel really old right now when I'm, when I'm talking to you. So I need memes and pithy quotes. I'm creating a list. Do I need to be on the TikToks? We're going to, we're going to put our, we're going to put these on, uh, we're going to clip. Yeah. We're going to clip this and put on TikTok and then really piss off uh, my, my employer. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, this is, this is a fun topic. I am, I'm being, I'm being, um, I'm being sarcastic, uh, overly sarcastic just for, just to, just to mess with Davey, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see how you've how you've moved in this space, man. I mean, we've known each other for a while now and, um, you've always had a lot to share and I'm excited that you're, you're doing it and you're doing it with a, a larger and larger, larger audience. You're leading your th- leading thoughts, if you will. Yeah. I have, some, I have some leading thoughts. I do have some trailing thoughts too. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> 
man. You know, I have some overrides that, you know, could be, you know, could be utilized for some of my thoughts. Uh, reset all changes on some of these thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but get out there. If you have, you know, any, any interest in, in speaking or any interest in writing, uh, I think the first step is just doing it. And whether you succeed or fail, like you've tried it. And then if you're interested, you could really just build off, off of what, what that, what that first step, what that first step is. So like for me doing those two conferences, um, they were both, uh, one had a panel, both of them had virtual recordings. So the Zeppelin one, I did a virtual recording. It was approximately 25 minutes. I was able to do that in one take, uh, that really built the confidence that I'd be able to do this again for the second conference. So the practice and being able to articulate yourself and speak um, through a presentation. I think that's, that's also something that over the last few years at Disney, I was doing a lot of, so I think that that also built confidence uh, for myself as well. So fun stuff. Yeah. I, the, the one thing I will say is that you're going to, there's a high likelihood that you're going to have to flex these skills in a corporate setting at some point. So it's not, you're, in some regards, you can be doing it just, just to improve for presentations that you have to give to people that you're trying to convince to get funding for a, a potential design system, maybe. Uh, but, you know, being able to help make a strong case, be, be snappy about it, uh, you know, have all the memes and whatever, uh, to try to to try to keep people's attention, those things those things do matter even in a corporate setting. Even if you have no interest in being a public speaker, it's still valuable to have in your back pocket. Yeah, you know what else is approximately twenty five to thirty minutes. <laughs> well done. A portfolio review, not the podcast, but a podcast. Oh, I, oh I thought you were <laughs> wrapping it up like Seinfeld. Missed opportunity. <laughs> That's what it's oh. But portfolio reviews are approximately 30 minutes. Um, and in a lot of cases now, they're really um, like no audience participation. So it, that, and, and from that point of view, it's uh, being able to articulate yourself uh, for 25 to 30 minutes straight. But you know what else totally. is about 30 minutes? Hey, da- yeah. hey, Davey, Davey, what else is 25 to 30 minutes? Roughly. Yeah. Spotify's number two design systems podcast. <laughs> with, with, if you believe Davey, hundreds of thousands of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Fact, fact. Uh, according to Davey. Fact. Yeah. I could, I could show you some data on that um, for those who are, who are interested. Uh-huh. Uh, but th- thanks, BJ, for another good spirit of discussion and thank you for the hundreds of thousands of, of fans out there you heard it from Davey thanks Davey